dad stealing the show once again. Hello and welcome to another episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. And this week, I feel like I'm loving lockdown a little less. Yeah, I'm loving the world a little less. I'm loving life a little less after tonight's episode. I think it's pretty mean to give us the episode where they come out of lockdown the week that we as Victorians learn that we're never coming out of lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Still, you know, um, um, there's a place for fantasy and and escapism fiction in, in every society, even the ones suffering the most. Oh my god! I I just I I horrified to see this sort of cold, breathy steam coming off when they got back into the mansion. Just sort of very triggering to me. I feel. Mm. Well, h- how did you enjoy this week? It's compared to, I guess, the sort of high highs of last week. What? How did you feel about what we what we saw here tonight? Oh look, I I think it was a bit of a negative week, really. I, it's um, uh, that just seemed to be bad decision after bad decision interspersed with little sort of moments of horrifying drama. So it was basically just them arriving back at the mansion. And then like a single date and all the rest of the time just a whole lot of nastiness in a kind of cocktail setting. And we and we said goodbye to Roxy, which I we'll get into it. I'm conflicted. On yeah. Roxy. Oh no, I think it's a, I think it's an un- unalloyed bad thing. I, yeah. I think that you know, warts and all, Roxy's the best person that was on the show. You know. Look, like, I, I think you very well could be right. Second only to Nicole, who we also lost. Yeah. Although you know what, I just I'm warming to to Maddie now because. Oh. Really just because she's absent from the worst of the behaviour. <laughs> You're really just sort of picking the ones that aren't long for this world, I, I Look, I know, but she's been, she's had two sort of reprieves um, where I was absolutely convinced she was, she was history. Oh, well, that sort of leads us in. Why don't we get your reactions to uh, this first episode this week? Okie doke. Uh, well, it was it was quite a bombshell of an episode tonight. It was big decisions being being made by Lockie at the end. Clearly, the wrong decision. I'm afraid he's blown it. I, he and I are no longer a thing. Seem to just be bogging down, and um, I think everyone you could see everyone just giving up hope. The, watching this show, it's a constant battle with your tolerance of the schmuck that is called Lockie. So we open this episode in the way that sort of has become tradition, which is um, Roxy and Juliet fighting. Yeah, yeah, just for something different. That's uh, they kick it off. Um. Yeah, but fighting still over the same thing. It's so wild to come back a week later just to be plunged into the same argument. Wild and yet strangely uninteresting. Mm. The issue is with this whole fight mm. that we're just like not addressing is that we have. No idea how it started because there was this weird editing thing. Remember like a few episodes back where Roxy thought Juliet would be dragging her name through mud and it was just very clearly something that happened that we just didn't see. And the producers like, even if it's something they like can't put to air, you think the producers would just give us like little subtitle or something. You know, a talking head being like, oh, she's been picking on me since day one. I think she said this well, that's, to Lockie about me, you yeah, know? We're, we're stranded now because we have no Laura to do that. Mm. That's true, though. But, like, I don't see how they couldn't have cobbled together mm. out of the hours and hours of footage, like, 
a 10 second clip to give us some context for this because like yeah. it's hard to care right because we don't know what's happening look they managed to do it on on um, Flinders Street station announcing the trains they surely <laughs> they could give us a recap just the little bits and pieces I don't, it's just so weird and also okay we'll get into it later but I have this sort of schism when it comes to Roxy where whenever she's with the girls I really dislike her and think she's problematic and whenever she's with Lockie I'm just like this woman is totally fine and mm. legitimate and she seems to be doing the right thing. But I don't know, like, yeah, look, I, I, I just don't know what to say. It's it's hard to get a sense of because the edit's sort of the edit's sort of all over the place because if we're to believe our eyes, which, you know, is very dubious, but um, we're seeing Juliet go out of her way to, to victimise Roxy and just, like, really kind of do, you know, shady stuff like tell everyone else things that was that Roxy said in, in Juliet's presence that were not meant for everyone, you know, or not meant for a particular person. She'll mm. kind of tell that person exactly what happened. So backstabbing her like that just straight up. But then, then we sort of get either this kind of hardcore gaslighting from Juliet when she's alone or, or we're not getting the full thing because she's sort of... I, I just don't know. It's like Roxy's got it in for me. She just won't stop. She won't stop. She. It's it's weird. It's like this show, and I've always felt this. It's like this show doesn't actually show you anything of what you want to see in terms of like it doesn't really show Lockie getting to know or any of the girls getting to know Lockie that well. Mm. We're actually, by the way, getting a lot more about the emotional connection this season and mostly because, like, as much as I disagree with Lockie saying he's in love with every single girl, he's actually, he's quite articulate about Mm. the way he's feeling and sort of how his feelings have progressed compared to some other bachelors. Yep. But I kind, it kind of almost feels like it just needs to be Love Island cameras in the house thing showing the drama that goes on with the girls. Like, it's, it's weird that we have this whole house that's kind of quite opaque. Like, we see it occasionally when it's, like, a Starbucks ad or a U Foods ad and the girls are all sort of sitting around having drama. But you know what I mean? Like, wherever the drama happens is in one of these sort of constructed environments, like a group date or the mansion, when I'm like, I'd happily watch mm. 10, 15 minutes out of every episode just be the candid what's going on in the mansion, if you know what I mean. Because especially this season, it feels like it feels like 90% of the drama's happened off camera. Maybe they've got some weird sort of, you know, uh, loophole in their kind of NDA or or their sort of, you know, waves waivers that they sign or whatever, you know, their release forms that that means, you know, that that then the the show's not allowed to to show certain things or something. I don't know. Well, okay, so the kind of enduring rumor about Roxy and Juliet, which is absolutely no evidence to prove this is true is that the discussion that happened where Roxy was like Juliet throwing me under the bus was about Juliet accusing Roxy of bullying Mm -hmm. and for a number of reasons which I think involve sort of dubious legal questions about kind of producers encouraging women to be nasty to each other they're not allowed to air anything that says bullying which I don't quite understand because we had there's been seasons in the past that have had huge accusations of bullying like and the word bully thrown around but allegedly this is sort of the kind of story that the media's picked up is that Juliet accused Roxy of bullying unfounded or unfounded and then they've had to cut it out because legally they can't put it in I'm assuming for fear of a sort of lawsuit right 
but it's like just make something up like <laughs> honestly like just make something up construct something like give us a narrative like if you're not going to service the truth at least service us like a cohesive story Anyway, so we open on them sort of having a bit of a chat on Zoom, which just kind of really makes you realise how much the sort of mansion chats are constructed as well when you (laughs) have sort of had to have everyone set up the cameras in people's homes. And um, Osha comes in and announces that four of them, uh, Lockie, will be meeting the parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I can't imagine Roxy's mum would have enjoyed watching back this episode. (laughs) Because <laughs> immediately Roxy's just like, what does Roxy say? Oh no! Oh god! My mom's so embarrassing! Oh no! This is going to be terrible! Or what? Are, yeah, she oh, she's a loose cannon! Oh, I just yeah, hope she doesn't yeah. say anything too horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was wild. Just like I'm like, God, say what you want about Lockie. Like you still have to see your mum after this process is done. Okay, so so what happens? They uh let's see. We've got uh, various family members. There's who had their sister there. That was Bella. Nicole. Oh, Nicole. Oh, Nicole. Okay, yes. Um, So her sister was there, and I can't remember too much about that. Um, Steph had her dad, didn't she? Yeah, and he was... And he was... was, They just cut all these sort of, like, um, Bob Hawke-esque close-ups of him with the knit brows and, like, glaring down the lens at Lockie. Um, And then, you know, and he obviously kind of came on strong and, uh, listen, what are your intentions with my daughter, basically? And... Mm. um, and then, but more along the lines of, I hope you're intending to ask her out on a single date. I just love that clearly this is a man who has had to listen <laughs> to a lot of discussion about the fact that Steph hasn't been taken on a date. Yeah. yeah. And clearly is just getting to the bottom of it. But also, like, clearly has lost perspective of how weird that sounds. Like, why haven't you taken her on a single date? <laughs> yes, yes. And then Paul, well, actually, I was going to say Paul Lockie, not Paul no, Lockie. No, no, no. He gives the weird excuse of, well, I know she likes the outdoors, so I'm waiting until she's, like, back in the mansion oh. to take her on an outdoorsy date. Okay. And if I was Steph, I would have been like, nah, I'm fine with cooking. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so so uh, Steph's dad extracts this promise from Lockie under high duress. Um, and then who else was there? Oh, and then there was there was, was Roxy's mum, but who who was, else was there? And there um, was one um, more. Nicole's sister, Bella's mum as well, who I liked. Oh, oh yes, yes. Clearly the producer was having to sort of tell her to put her head up because, like, <laughs> you cut to a shot and Jahubi facing the camera and then cut back to a shot and she just creeped down like, <laughs> oh, this is not good for podcast medium, but, like, eyes forward, just staring, like, head down, eyes forward directly into the camera. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and so she was fairly kind of, you know, um, nondescript typical mum, just keen that, you know, no one does wrong by her daughter. And um, uh, and then we get to Roxy's mum and she was more, it was more like sort of, okay, Lockie, here's Roxy 101. Um, but it was also like clearly, well, actually we saw it. Her mum's been sat down and been like, do not fuck this up. So the mum sits there like, okay, uh, well, uh, and... Yes, what she she mentions right at the end when they're about to hang up, she mentions Rhonda. Yeah, which throws Lockie for a six, and um, it turns out that Rhonda is the alter ego that they the family have um, for Roxy, which is the kind of evil Roxy, the bad tempered, uh, out of control Roxy that emerges sometimes. Uh, and uh, you know, and Lockie kind of wins the mum over by saying yes. He thinks he might have 
glimpsed her once or twice so mm. far. Um, Can I just say, like, yeah, he's seen Rhonda, but he's also, like, provoked Rhonda. Like, <laughs> I'm just, again. He summoned Rhonda. When we're talking about Juliet re-Roxy, my feelings are a lot more complicated. But when it's Loxy. Ro- Lox- when it's, Loxy when it's and Lo- Rocker. No, when it's Loxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Rocker. Um, yeah. Like, she wasn't angry or fuming. Like, she was upset once. And then managed to, like, calmly articulate her, like, feelings about what was going on while being upset. Like, I, she wasn't sort of a raging, screaming sort no. of mess in front of him, really. At least what we saw. So That's yes. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so... um but it was all a little bit of a uh, much ado about nothing. The parents date, nothing much happened. Nothing, yeah. You know. um, so anyway, they get through that, and then suddenly it's kind of um, a single date with. Be- oh no, everyone meets Beck, don't they? No, no. So it's a single date. Lockie's like ready to sort of pick who he's going on a single date with, and then he's just so surprised that Osha's rocked up on this computer oh, that's, that's right. been set up, yep. and he's on the Zoom call program, and the camera's there filming him, and he's like, Osha. <laughs> And Osha lets him know that there's been an intruder. Yep. So you, this is your first series. Yep. Intruders often come in. May oh, this is maybe like so a we're down little, to ten. Aren't yeah, we? Or nine. It feels ten. very late in the game because we've had so many episodes. But realistically, this is probably when intruders come in. Right. So like, oh, Honey Badger's season. There was sort of. Uh, what was it, three intruders about okay. this time. Weirdly, the last season they had just like half the girls rock up on the second day <laughs> and they were like intruders. I don't know if a plane just got delayed. but um, <laughs> So it, it's not unheard of. And, I mean, obviously the only, the one and only goal of intruders is emotional distress. Yeah, yeah. Um, which seems to have succeeded, but also weirdly. So there's two things I wanted to note about this interaction. It's not that normal for people who actually have a really strong connection with the intruders because right. usually, like, the guy's actually pretty committed oh, okay. to Marlon. And it's also not normal for him to be that excited about <laughs> yes. intruders coming in. Like, Lockie was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Osha, you tricksy little minx. You're always up to something. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But usually what it's more like is like, oh, <laughs> okay, like I think this is gonna like upset mm. my the women, like, the, and then like they're very polite to the intruders, and usually they'll have like a bit of a connection with one of them, but like honestly, right. it's never really like they, they're never oh, jazzed whoa, about it. They're yeah. more they're more actually kind of quite concerned about this sort of different dynamic. Yeah, what was Lockie was sort of like flabbergasted in and delighted, but also delighted, which mm. like I'm like. Was he saying that he wasn't really vibing with anyone? Like, is this a rescue? It was this uh, just maybe. Maybe Beck was one of the girls he was seeing, like seeing during lockdown anyway, and they brought her. And that's probably that's too conspiracy theory. Yeah, but also she's in a different state. Yes. Okay, forget that theory. All right. But so tell me about Beck. What's your first thoughts? Uh, well, Beck's kind of like the um, the sort of, uh, you know, central casting's ideal woman, really. She's kind of, you know, athletic and beautiful and um, young and uh, outdoorsy. And it's like what uh, Lockie would have briefed people for, you know, it's like what Lockie would have written in the 
um, online dating kind of what he's looking for sort I, of thing. I think one aspect of Beck that we've missed is dead inside. Yeah, true. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's just for, for someone as kind of visually appealing as her, she's pretty remarkably kind of uninteresting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And, and I also don't like that we're meant to be like, oh, she's just a hot bimbo and nothing to say but also like she just she just speaks in this absolute monotone the whole time and her eyes are just like straightforward it just kind of feels like in the second date i, I we both sort of have have spoken about how she kind of pushes back on Lockie a bit this mm. first date it sort of just felt like he loved her because she just agreed with everything he said well he literally says all boxes ticked yeah yeah uh, what happened in their date? Nothing much. It was just a Zoom sort of thing yeah, for just, no reason. Yeah, they weren't even really doing an activity, were they? They were just having a drink, weren't they? Or yeah, something? having a drink and then having a drink at night. And they're talking about having like six kids. Yeah, that was the one thing she disagreed with there on, <laughs> the number of kids. And then she just was like, no. Back down. Yeah, yeah, I can just have two. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it left me. I'm trying to analyse why I feel the way I do about Beck. And I don't think it's to do with her. I think it's just something rubbed me the wrong way about Lockie's reaction to it. And, right. You know, maybe there was a heap more about Beck that we that we didn't see. You know what I mean? Mm. But, like, it kind of just felt like, okay, she's just, like, a beautiful woman who agrees with him all the time. Of course, he's, she's sort of his perfect woman. I don't know. That doesn't feel fair to her, to poor little android, <laughs> robotic Beck. Yeah, yeah. And what happened after that? One one aspect, before we get into the cocktail party that we haven't talked about, is the aftermath of all the family dates where Bella comes back in and they're sort of having a group chat about how it all went. And then Bella's just going on and on and on about he's part of the family already. My <laughs> mum was in love with him. They, he just fit in so well. Like, gloating in front of people, which mm. is very important for next episode to mention the amount that sort of Bella is very willing to let people know yep. how much of a connection she has with Lockie. And I think we've sort of seen that throughout. Yeah, yeah. It's reminding me of something or other from earlier on. Yeah. yeah. And look, it was about this time, and actually I thought I was having this, like, brilliant epiphany. But turns out it was just what the producers wanted us to think, which is I began sort of going, God, Bella could have so easily be edited, been edited as the villain this whole time, uh-huh. which sort of using the kind of gift of for, gift of hindsight that I have from Matt Agnew's season, which you don't really have with their treatment of Abby Chatfield, where mm-hmm. she was sort of quite forward. You know, would kiss him at the you know kiss him at the cocktail parties and. Yeah, and I was just like, God, they're actually pretty similar. And, you know, sort of tell other girls about how good the connection is and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And I'm like, it's so weird that we've got, like, kind of Bella getting this kind of hero edit when basically she's the same characterization, but maybe, like, a little bit less funny and sarcastic as Abby Chatfield. Uh-huh. But, and then I'm like, God, she could be edited as a villain. And I thought I was so smart. <laughs> but, like, turns out come next... four hours later. <laughs> come next episode, we're just meant to be believing that she's the villain now, which yep. is like yeah so. so so she annoys irena walk me through what happens with her and irena oh, i wish you'd stop throwing to me for these things because mm. i couldn't care less about bella and irena i mean they the, the friendship the alleged friendship between them is strained and strained and getting more strained by the moment every time one of them does anything that involves Lockie, and um uh it's 
it's weighted lately. The emphasis has been on Bella kind of, you know, making strides with Lockie and and uh, Arena feeling like that's being rubbed in her face and that she's, you know, um, uh, you know, getting stressing her out. This and she doesn't know how to take it, and it's really putting a strain on the friendship. And then Bella's side of it is that uh, you know Irina's kind of um, lording it over her how much uh, she's been in contact with Lockie, you know, in downtime and stuff like that, mm. and, and that she feels that she's been manipulative and um, that she's kind of backstabbing her like that. And I, it, I don't think either of them seem, if it, you know, it's not like either of those are kind of reasonable um, uh, reactions to a situation where a bunch of women are competing to be the one that ends up with the guy. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple what it is, which is that they both like Lockie and are jealous. But I see, I don't even understand that. So, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, I reject the entire premise of the of it. Yeah, look, look, that is sort of a fundamental flaw in this whole system is that they both actually could do so much better. But because I think, yeah, I mean, it was clear, it became clear that, yeah, um, Belle is quite sort of a young spirit and, mm. and Irene's sort of an older spirit. And but also we have to remember that Irina An was, old soul, sorry. <laughs> an old soul, yes, of course, as the psychic said. Um, but we have to remember that Irina's actually also, like, working as a nurse. Yeah. So she seems, like, exhausted and fed up because she is. Yeah, she's over it, She's yeah. dealing with a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's frontline in harm's way <laughs> and then has to kind of glam up and be sort of all effervescent and stuff. And- Before we get to the cocktail party, and I'll say that, 20 times this episode. <laughs> Lockie was, when he was on the date with Beck, I like that he, Beck sort of said, why are you still single? And then he said, oh, I can be like a little selfish. That's right, yes. Which I don't think was hugely surprising. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes like, I, uh, oh, no, Beck sort of says, oh, I can tend to kind of be in my own space and I'll just want to pick up and leave and then the other person won't want to and I'll sort of just do that and, you know, to a certain degree just focusing on what she wants to do and not letting relationships get in the way. Yeah, what it was was two red-hot people kind of trying to justify why they've been single for X (laughs) number of years. But then, yeah, when, when Beck sort of says that, Lockie goes, oh, my God, same. (laughs) (laughs) As if, like, oh, my God, we've got so much in common. We're both, like... We're really... Don't consider the other person who is so headstrong that we'll just do what we want. Like, that's... What a perfect match. That's, like, the terrible red flag like you can have one of those people in a relationship and the other person needs to be like a going, like willing to compromise and like talk people down from the cliff like you Mm. the idea of both of them just like what are they going to do just like one sort of he fucks off to Bali and she goes back to wherever she wants to go to and then the relationship's over like that's how that ends yeah yeah well no skin off anyone else's (laughs) nose I suppose as long as they've been together for the contractual three months oh, or whatever what it is. It is right? yeah. yeah, there's always sort of a suspiciously <laughs> specific amount of time oh, so that the, couples announce that they break up so, after the show. So the stakes are high here. So it's it's not like um, they can just kind of play lip service to, yeah, okay, I get it. Well, like there's definitely been cases where they've like broken up like a week later, like Sophie Monk and um, Stu in their season when mm. they won, they sort of like flew in this middle. Oh, that's a good intruder story. This is the only time any intruders won mm. is that in Sophie Monk's season, basically they just cast an array of horrible men for her. <laughs> right. So at the last minute, 
supply and three intruders, but the only one that was important was this guy called Stu, who owned was a net, had a net worth of five hundred million dollars, and oh. they had dated previously. Okay, right. <laughs> and then like obviously she picks him. The <laughs> other choice is like this clinger, this stage five clinger in quotation marks, Jared Woodgate. Anyway, that's the only other time in, uh, an intruder has been successful, okay. and that's been in like exceptional circumstances. Yeah, uh, but it was very clear that they had broken up by the time the finale aired, and then they did all like the interviews together talking about how in love they were because okay. they were just like there was all these shots of them sort of sitting in radio studios like fucking coronavirus social distancing from each other <laughs> back in 2017 it was it was not exactly the vibe right so we're, we're not uh, although no doubt Beck and Lockie will end up being together at the final episode mm. we don't see a huge amount of future in it who do you actually that's a good question before we go on who do you think the final three are going to be final three oh uh, uh, well uh I would have said Bella, Rocky, and Roxy, yeah. uh, Roxy sorry, and uh, and and Maddie, but uh, <laughs> that's I don't. Your, think, that's your I don't, final I don't three. think any of those are going to be in it somehow. I reckon it's going to be Bella, Irina, and Beck. You reckon Bella? I think Bella. Yeah. Bella might blow it. I, I, yeah. I, well, I thought she had. Oh, oh no, no, that's the coming soon, isn't that's it? That's the next week. Soon. Next week. Yeah. yeah. It looks pretty dicey with, with Bella and, and Lockie. We'll get into that next episode, but mm. that is a bit of a trope as well. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, like the good girl messes up kind of right, thing. Yeah. Right. Okay, act two turn. Yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yep. Well, I yeah, I still think it's going to be those three. But there's also Beck and Bella. So hang on, Arena, Bella. Arena, Bella and Beck. And, oh, Beck's yeah, yeah of, course, of course, of course. But Beck and Bella have posted on social media hanging out together, which makes me wonder if it's going to be Irina that wins because usually the right. girl who wins isn't really in contact with the other girls for kind yep. of obvious And they, the reasons. other two commiserate each other. Yeah. Sometimes, yep. I wonder, I wonder. We'll see, okay. we'll see, we'll see. So this brings us finally to this the cocktail, cocktail party. party now, that- in the lead-up to the cocktail party, uh, uh, there's been a little bit of discussion. There's been a lot, a lot bit of discussion about Beck and being the intruder, and she's gorgeous, and and they've only, and Lockie's only had one date, and of course, do they know she's got a rose? Oh no, it's all about sort of if she turns. So help me, if she turns up with a rose when they've only obviously had obviously going to turn oh, up with a rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, how can anyone kind of you know get to know anyone in just one uh, virtual mm. date? It's just. I mean, obviously she's gorgeous, so it's going to only be that sort of mm. thing. This is where my appreciation for Roxy starts to come undone a mm-hmm. little bit, which is she's clearly a woman who's on the right track to empowerment but hasn't, like, really unpacked, like, the internalised misogyny bit of it, mm. if you know what I mean, where she's constantly putting herself down for being emotional, like, oh, I'm so mental, no wonder I'm such a basket case, look at my mum, oh, he's going to think I'm crazy, or, right. you know, and, like, putting herself down for being sad. And that's one thing where I'm like, it's a little bit of a red flag, but, like, she can't really help that. Maybe she's just trying to look good for the cameras. But then... It's this issue where it's like she's so close to being correct, which is blaming Lockie, yep. and then she turns around and blames the other women oh, for yeah, it. Right, so right. she's talking about Beck, like, oh, because they say like a little video blurb of Beck, yep. you know, and then she's like, oh, she's clearly pretty, like, you know, it'd be hard for her to date someone when you look like that. Oh, she's here just for fame. Oh, you know, it's only going to be physical, the connection mm. with Lockie, where it's like, ah, you're not the only smart woman that exists, Roxy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just find her immensely unlikable when she's, like, turning her sort of ire 
against the other women, seemingly for no reason. Juliet's maybe another question about yeah. whether the, the ire is mm. earned. But, you know, even back in a few episodes where she's sort of talking to Caitlin, like, oh, you're Gold Coast trash, you're trash, you're trash. Like, calling people trash is kind of one sort of dog whistly step away from, like, slut shaming. Right. And then she called Juliet a skank on the way out. Like, I don't know. You know, I want to root for her so badly, but then it's just this kind of negativity towards other women that I'm just like, Ugh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, 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 it is what it is, but I uh, get to the cocktail party and Beck arrives and then the second she arrives, Juliet's sort of saying, uh, just sort of horns in on whatever's being said and says, oh, so Roxy, uh, now that Beck's here, do you want to sort of backtrack on what you were saying about her and and, <laughs> and Lockie clearly only having a physical attraction and stuff? Yeah. And then Roxy kind of hits the roof and quite justifiably that's, um, you know, uh, she has some sort of uh, thing about, oh, of course, there we go straight away again, Juliet, it mm. never ends with you. And, and it turns into a big shit fight and... Um, I, you know, I can't blame Roxy. I think that Juliet was way out of line no, doing that. Here, I'm supportive of Roxy. <laughs> yeah, it was totally out of line. And also, not nice to Beck, you know, yep, as well. Yep, like, what's sure. Beck sort of going to think? Not going to feel good about any, yeah. any of that, yes. And look, I mean, that goes on for a while. And then we have the rose ceremony where we're only cutting out one woman. So we're just maintaining we've, the same we've number. Gained one and we're losing yeah. one. Yeah. So th- th- do they just regret kicking out five at a time a few episodes ago? Like, well, they should have, yeah. Yeah. But- so, the, the, you know, the sort of uh, opening overture is, you know, it's like who gets the roses, um, sort of Bella and Irina and um, who does he... And so Nicole being the, you know, um, dancing... Runner. Like, if you had asked me last week top three, I would have gone Nicole, Bella, Irina, yep. without a doubt. Yep. And she gets kicked out. After the triple threat rose and everything, which I thought That's went right. well. Yes. Yeah, and, and, you know, and she, again, was one of the more genuine ones, one of the ones who sort of seemed to have her head sort of screwed on a bit straight. Lovely, kind yep. of intelligent kind of girl. Like, I don't know. Flexible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, opened up to him about, like, the trauma of her, like, injury and the loss of her career and stuff like that. And then just... They agreed that she could dan- teach dancing in Bali. Yep. She was going to move to Bali for this man and then just sort of unceremoniously... Like, I kind of almost wanted him to sort of pull her aside into a break room and, like, explain why. For me, not even for her. I mm. just wanted to know what on earth was going on. And then she had the chance to say goodbye and she was, you know, she rose to the occasion. She was very yeah. big about that and and, off, and it was all kind of pleasant and stuff. And then and she was gone. She was out of the series. I, I don't get it. Like, And particularly when Maddie, who I really like these days, <laughs> but yeah. um, had no contact with Lockie, has never had any contact with Lockie, um, you know, she, I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that she's still there, but I don't know why. Yeah. Well, look, I honestly think a massive loss and she's one that I 100% want to see in Paradise. Ah, oh, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm. And Roxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine Roxy and Juliet in Paradise? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> they won't be allowed on the same island. <laughs> the nation of Fiji will forbid. Well, it'd be like um, War in the Pacific or something. That, <laughs> yeah. One of those uh, movies where the, you know, the two soldiers from opposing armies are trapped on the one island together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Digging man traps for each other. Okay, well, look, that's the end of episode Wednesday. Mm. Uh, why don't we jump straight in to uh, tonight's episode? Let's get your initial thoughts on the matter. I'm all ears. Oh, I mean, it's put me in a funny place. I sort of, at about halfway through, I started to kind of feel not quite dirty, but like just diminished by watching it. And maybe I'm realising the last person I actually kind of thought was any good is no longer involved anymore. None of the, the, the other heavy hitters really did themselves proud. So I just kind of, I think it turned into a tiresome exercise in, you know, um, why are you putting us through this or why, why? My first note that I've written about this episode is fairly niche to my sort of interest level, but I've said there are too many yuckers in the garden mansion. When they were all arriving back, we saw different angles of the mansion's gardens, mm. and there was so many garbage yucca-type cactuses. I'm like, this is a nice mansion. It's not like we're not in like... A a suburban development in, like, the outer suburbs of a city. Why is there so many yuckers? That's where yuckers belong. They have a place. Then I respect them when they are in the place that they're meant to be. A mansion's garden is not the place for yuckers, and I will die speaking about this. Is this whole rant a little classist in a really weird way about yuckers? Yeah. But, like, I'm still upset about it, and I honestly, I... You're just going to have to take it from here with this episode because it really just ground my gears. Well, I feel like my mind's been expanded <laughs> substantially, learning a lot about yuckers that I didn't know. Uh, so uh, everyone arrives back at the mansion. Oh, we're moving on? Okay. Well, <laughs> we could go twice as long on yuckers if you want. But. We arrive back in the mansion and mum immediately, who is who claims to hate this show yet has watched <laughs> every single episode to the end with us, yeah. Um, my sister, your daughter, Perrin, leaves after 10 minutes. That's but right. mum sort of sits there pretending not to watch. Um, she just immediately started making fun of the way y Lockie speaks, how he goes, yeah, oh, all that's the time. Right. Like, oh, yes. oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and then she said, I just wish they'd buy him a suit that was a size bigger too. <laughs> he always is squeezed He's into that little that suit. Pee Wee Herman look about him. <laughs> so Irene is the first to enter. I'm obsessed with their outfit. A oh, yes, yes. A so sort of pantsuit kind pantsuit, of thing. Loving plunging it. Plunging neckline. Rocking and, it. Yep. And I was sort of thinking, oh, God, that's actually really nice how much they're sort of connecting and he seems to really like her. Mm. Which we'll see later pales in comparison to Bella and Beck's entrances. But anyway, I thought that was sort of a nice moment. Um, Who was next? Who arrived? It was like... Um, oh, we got a bit of they, they Steph. Got bit we got a bit quick, of Roxy. Quick, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. that's When they started going quickly over women, I was like, oh, no. Because that's like the first episode breeze over the women who are important sort of thing. Mm. And I was like, God, they're going like, it's a bit telling who they're sort of breezing over. Yeah, right. Which was, you know, Steph. Because I, this whole time, up until this episode was like, Steph's going to have her moment. Steph's going to have her moment. Mm -hmm. They're going to go on a single day. It's going to be brilliant. Steph's going to have a moment. And she just hasn't. Yep. And I think this episode, for anything, I was following Steph's journey out of anyone in this episode. And it just became just sort of 
vastly clear that this woman doesn't stand a chance. And right. no matter how much her dad advocates for <laughs> her, right. she's not getting a single day. Yeah, it doesn't matter what Lockie's promised her dad. Which is just sort of another testament to the lack of taste. Yep. Because yep. um, he's a good man. Actually, I say lack of taste. All the women that he does like, I think, are fine. Like, I think they're lovely. But, like... I don't know. There's just some people there that I'm missed like, opportunities. Oh, give them a chance. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. So then, uh, yeah. So we get yet another three or four rep- repeats of Lockie's one oh, party wow. trick, which is oh, this is such a real connection. Oh, when the second that you know person X arrived, I was just lost in her eyes, and then when we were hugging, I didn't want it ever to end, and it was just such a re- reminder of what I've missed her so much. As <laughs> yeah. a, a real thing we've got together. I'm were you surprised by how much easier Lockie seems to have, like, a sexual chemistry Oh, yes. <laughs> there was a bit of electricity going on there. Like, after their sort of bath thing, and then she's like, oh, I'm wearing white because it's innocent. And I'm like, what's been happening between oh, and, these two? And the two? 15 unbroken seconds of guffawing that Lockie <laughs> <laughs> responded with. She didn't even pull out the asthma. She has not had an asthma inhaler once no, since no. the first episode. Was uh, she gaslighting us with yeah. asthma? It's just like a sort of affectation. It's like a, <laughs> a, 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 a walking cane or something that a, a, an aristocrat had carry. There's an amazing um, bit in The American Bachelor where one girl just came in with a fake Australian accent to try and set herself apart. Oh, wow. But then, like, clearly had put no thought into the moment where she'd have to un... She'd have to eat Vegemite. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I've noted it seems very rude to make all these women walk over gravel in heels. All of them were sort of weirdly trotting towards him. So that, we, that sort of live <laughs> live minefield kind of like feel. Lifting their knees slightly too much. <laughs> so we jump into the mansion and then Roxy says something quite interesting that again alludes to just a bunch of stuff happening off camera where mm. she goes, I'd be surprised if Juliet was here or, or something was like wouldn't that. It, yeah, or it was some sort of discussion about that. Oh, you know, they're having some sort of chat kind of about dancing around the issue with Roxy kind of getting, you know, being Roxy and, and Juliet's feud. And then I think Roxy says, um, uh, oh, wouldn't it be perfect if Juliet walks in next? And yeah. then, of course, in walks Juliet. Um, in which they just immediately start body shaming her. Like, oh, that dress fits like a glove because oh, their like, dress is too tight. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. See, that? Uh, yeah, I didn't even realise that was all sarcastic and, yeah. and catty. So, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Right. Um, but then we cut back to outside and I made the note while they're all <laughs> fighting. Look, he's just outside making out with Bella. And then we cut to outside and he's there. And Bella making takes a Bella. running jump into what? his arms. She takes off her heels. Did you notice? Oh, did she? Oh, okay. <laughs> Runs into his arms. Leaps, yep. And I hated that I liked their connection in that moment. Mm. Like, when they were sort of hugging each other, I'm like, that's really nice. Yep. Like, this seems so sweet. It's in. Oh, I, I don't want to be beating this dead horse, right. which is Lockie overcommits to women. But. Imagine either Bella or Beck or Irina win this show. Mm. Them watching him interact with the other two. Mm. Like, imagine Irina or Bella watching. Like, Bella's just had this amazing moment and then, like, it cuts to Beck, which is like, I think she might be the one. I think she might be my soulmate. Like, yep. 
it's just insane. It do, I, I think he makes. I think he thinks that that makes him likable. Yeah, and it just doesn't. No, it makes him treacherous and and just out for everything he can get and gaslighting these people. I th- and oh, it's... I think he'd pick all three if he had the choice. Which I mean, like. If the rest of them were down for it, sure. But we've seen from Bella and Irina that that's <laughs> not the case. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Steph arrives and he just goes on and on. Oh, I didn't even remember. I didn't even remember the colour of her dress. I didn't even remember. Oh, Beck arrived. Yeah. Yes. And then he's right. like, I was just looking at her eyes. I'm looking at mm. little cold, little robotic eyes. Yeah. Like. Checking out the circuitry. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Yeah, so we go back inside and we've got two major dramas going on, which is Roxy and Juliet, which in season Juliet breathes and Roxy's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, she's sort of like, oh, don't come over here. Like, they seem to, she's sort of, I like that the idea of Juliet just needs to stay away from me in the house. I'm like, mate, there's 10 women left. Like, you're going to have to have a group combo with them. Um, but then also we've got Bella and Irina that are now seeming to be having this seething kind seething of seething battle. Yep. And then is it are we up to the bit where Bella sort of ushers Irina aside to? Kind no, no, no. Of, so yet, no. But kind of Bella. First of all, I did not like how Bella acted mm-hmm. in this whole situation. She pulls aside like a group of people and then just immediately sort of launches. Wait, okay. Oh, that's right. Disclaimer: yes. We're meant to not be liking what she's doing here. I'm yep. falling for the producer's tricks, but still, I didn't like it. We go into this sort of big conversation <laughs> about like whether Lockie called or whether the message first, but it's just kind of like at the end of the day, it's so obvious that it's just like, Bella, you like him. Like you're jealous because you like him. Mm. Like just let's call it what it is sort of thing. So explain so Bella, to me your interpretation. Yeah. Okay. So Bella gets uh, the, the, the sort of um, sympathetic ears around her and starts to go into why uh, she's so feeling so bad, like why what Irene has done that's so bad and why she's such a traitorous kind of ex-friend almost, mm. uh, which is that she has been lording it over Bella about how much Lockie has been calling her uh, in, in sort of downtime. Which, in fairness, we did see uh, back first mm. lockdown episode, Irina say, not to everyone, but to camera, mm. she said, oh, God, that no one, they haven't got any interaction with Lockie. I've been sad when he hasn't called me every single day. Yes. Like, so yes. I don't it's beyond the realms of possibility that Irina has been playing up. But so, also, we've seen Bella do it in front of people. Uh, yes, yes. So <laughs> yeah. so Bella's saying that, um, you know, Irina's been saying that Lockie's been calling her, but then she found out from Lockie that she's that, that Irina has been texting Lockie uh, mm. and, and asking him to call her. Uh, that seems to be the, the crux of the biscuit. Are we up to the bit where they confront each other? Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> they go, you know, it, it was inevitable. They, mm. The two of them had to have a bit of a sort of powwow. And so then it all kind of comes out that um, Irina feels completely, you know, blindsided by this because she was because not, <laughs> she, she just told the truth. She didn't lie. She was asked the question, did um, did yeah. Lockie ring you? And she answered honestly, yes. Well, yeah, that's that's the bit that Bella sort of hasn't mentioned, which is so Irina's lording it over me how much she called, but mm. like Bella, Bella asked. asked her the question. <laughs> and then Irina did a bit of a weaselly sort of answered the question, a bit of a sort of, you know, Donald Trump kind of. Um, yeah, or maybe more, not more of a William Barr. Yeah, um, told her, answered the question. Alternative on, facts. 
No, no, it's it's a true, it's an incomplete <laughs> answer, which is yes, he did ring me after I texted after him asking to ring me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, I guess they're kind of um, painting it. Well, Irina certainly is painting this as a destroying a teacup. It's all kind of un, unjustified, but. Neither of them were blameless, I don't I think. Well, both of them. It's just, it's so weird watching this, then pretending that it's anything it's not, which is that, like, it's a weird situation to be where your best friends and you mm. both like the same guy. Which, can I just mention, though, isn't, like, unheard of. Like, there's been yep. lots of seasons where the final two people have been really close friends, and yet somehow have managed. Right. But it was interesting seeing, like, a 25-year-old face up against a 31-year-old in a fight. Like, yeah. you could just... I was just kind of, like... My main takeaway from that was, like, oh, okay, Bella's young. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, Bella's, like, a little kid who's having to deal with, like, big problems. I say stuff. this as a 23-year-old talking about a 25-year-old. Sure. But, you know what I mean? Like, the thing I really didn't like that Bella did mm. was that she pulled Izzy... Oh, like, that's right. Oh, Izzy, Izzy, come, well, Izzy. you can be the judge of this. Yeah, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, Izzy's just Izzy should have walked away. Yeah. Like, and then Irene is like, "Oh, well, I could pull other people into this, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to." Like, this, I, that left a bad taste in my mouth. So Maybe. that was just an ugly kind of thing. Nothing decisive came. Oh no, um, Bella stormed off, saying, "Well, if that's a, a, oh, a, you're a, a manipulative bitch." Or that's right. Like that. This friendship's over, you know. And off she storms, and uh, and then kind of Irene is saying, "Well, it's." pretty okay. easy to just sort of storm off without actually facing up to the issue. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, this brings us onto this kind of trope, which is like the good girl gets too caught up in the drama, okay. brings it to Lockie or brings it to The Bachelor and then oh. ends up looking bad. It happened to Ali in last season. Now you need to know who Ali is because she's this year's Bachelorette. Right. And her sister, which that's oh, not yes. weird. Okay. That's weird to begin yep. with. But, yes, so Ali, that happened where she got so caught up in, like, the Abby drama mm-hmm. that she went to Matt and sort of said, oh, Abby's up to something. She's not here for the right reason. She's here for, like, Instagram. Oh, but yep. then basically that was her undoing where you kind of see this sort of right. catty, oh, I hate that word, but, like, you know, like kind of conniving side and then it kind of puts the guy off and it seems like Bella's falling into this sort of trap. Right. She's just like, this is a girl that's clearly like just too much in her head about everything. So this is a trope that, that this happens, but does is it, are we being led up the, the oh, garden path? Oh, Bella got kicked out. Okay, so it, it was a trope that, so Bella's, it's looking bad for Bella. It's looking now. bad for Bella. Like it's, it's not that they just want us to think it's looking bad for Bella because then mm. in Act 3 she pulls it out of the fire. Well, I guess we'll see. But, mm. like, up until now I couldn't imagine a world where Bella doesn't win mm. and I was like, okay, now I can sort of see the path forward. Well, that, I, was, that. I was struck by how similar things that Bella was saying were to things that Roxy was saying four episodes ago about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, look, there's Juliet with him now and I bet she, she's saying lies and falsehoods about mm. me to him. Um, and and Bella was saying virtually the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll leave my judgment of Bella until next episode. I think I'll, I'll decide then how I feel. Yeah. But, yeah. So this brings us on nicely to the other drama, which is Roxy and Juliet. The which crowning glory of this episode. Oh, Juliet yes. comes and sits down, and that's literally all she does, comes and sits down in the same group as Roxy. Roxy then, sort of sighs, like... Oh, no, no, she doesn't even sigh. She straight up goes like, oh, here we go. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, I understood that Roxy went, oh, as in, oh, no, here's Juliet again. Yeah. And then Juliet picked up on that and then Roxy started with it. So I, I understood that to be a three-beat sort of manoeuvre. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, they their thing flares up again and all the same sort of stuff. Um, but... Um, uh, it it just kind of keeps going, gets worse and worse. Mm. Uh, Roxy kind of, you know, takes herself off, um, is, you know, obviously getting upset and stuff. And then we see things like a producer that we've hardly ever seen before. Wearing a mask. Wearing a mask, following off uh, after her saying, Roxy, you've got to calm down. Yeah. Can I just say before that, mm-hmm. Beck goes, I don't think any of these girls are here for Lockie. They just seem to be drunk. I'm like, you can disagree with a woman and also be interested in a man. Like, I love the idea that if you have a fight with another woman, you're clearly not here for Lockie, which leads into my idea that she's an android. So yep. she's got <laughs> one goal, Lockie. She doesn't have the multitasking operating system. All these women seem to be doing non-goal-orientated actions. And I just <laughs> don't understand it. At the, at, the, at the very least, it's a waste of effort. God, just just pass. Power down. Mm-hmm. She's on a six. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Roxy charges off, and yes, we see this classic sort of unreal moment, unreal esque, right. which is the TV dramatization TV show where we see all the producers coming out the woodwork. I like that they're wearing face masks. Yes, <laughs> as if these women are immune to the virus. Uh, and so, and, also all kissing the same man. Please and, go on. And then. Um, <laughs> And then it gets, um, you know, it, it, it continues to say, well, Roxy suddenly got her, her luggage and people are trying to sort of say, now, listen, you, you're going to throw this? No, no, you you, you should stay. What are you going to do? Oh, the amazing bit. Stop fucking filming me. Get the, get the camera out of my face. Get the cameras out of my face. Yeah. Yes. So, hang on. Uh, before that, Maddie had, had rushed. The second that Roxy had sort of run out, Maddie had kind of, oh, and off she goes to kind of try and make peace or calm her down or something like that. And I think she was sort of pleading with her to, you know, consider this and don't don't throw this all away. And, mm. and then we get talking heads of everyone else sort of saying, oh, no, it's such a thing of... One thing that we haven't mentioned is before this, we have Roxy's and Lockie's private little day. Oh, of course. Which cuts right into the middle to make it seemed like Roxy's just out of nowhere brought up this kissing again, which clearly there was a conversation that led up to this that yeah. made her seem more reasonable that we're just cutting out. So they they have got this moment alone together uh, off to the side of the cocktail party and uh, Roxy's kind of saying, listen, you know, um, do you think that was appropriate you, when we'd had this wonderful date together mm. and then within an hour you're kissing, making out with so-and-so? How do you think, you know, how would it feel? How do you think I feel about that? Mm. And uh, same sort of boilerplate from Lockie, although he seemed to have, what is it, just kind of mixed with a bit oh, of exasperation. Like, oh, oh, what do you want me to do next time not do whatever pops into my head? Like, that was <laughs> exactly his words. It's like... Yeah. (laughs) It's justified to be like, I'm dating a lot of women. This is the show. I have to be interacting with other people. It's not justified, which seems months ago, by the way. They had months ago. They had this conversation where he's like, I'll just do whatever pops into my head. And then again, he's still like, what do you want me to do? Not just do everything my little, uh, my little pea brain well, things? Well, I think what it was was Roxy said, well, you know, if the same sort of thing came, the same circumstances came up, would you do it again? And he said, well, what? Do the, what pops into my head? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, uh, it, and then he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Lo- Roxy, we've been over this and stuff like that. I don't it's think like, you have let this go. <laughs> oh, yeah, which like, oh, we'll just let this go. But it's like, no wonder Roxy, spoiler alert, leaves in a second. Like, 
I just don't think they're like compatible where she's like, I don't like this. And he's like, tough luck. And then she's like, okay, well, let's just move on. And then he's like, I don't think you've moved on. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's like they, these two people just clearly like are and then we compatible. Get, we get we get Lockie's talking heads. Oh, well, you know, uh, it, it, Roxy, I've got to climb that wall. I, I got through it. I got to the real Roxy once and, and, and now this is happening. And uh, But I'm going to climb that wall again. And <laughs> Like, have you considered that this might just be the real Roxy and you have to like deal with people's emotions <laughs> yes. as part of a relationship? <laughs> Anyway, so it was a sort of um, it was played as a ugly TV sort of moment that you're meant to cringe with. But all of us here were sort of, yeah, no, that's fair enough, Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah, Lockie's in a hard place. Also, I just want to say for the context, uh, my mum, your wife, listened to this episode and said, I think you guys need to be nice to Lockie occasionally. <laughs> so I have been looking for chances to be nice. I take feedback. Yeah. Um. Chances to be nice to Lockie, and I found none this episode. Like, I... He didn't even look good in his suit. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Okay, so... He, he, he sort of... He sort of saved Beck from drowning at one point. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Roxy's had this sort of combative conversation with him that hasn't gone that well. And then he's clearly on edge. And then Juliet sits down. She goes, oof. They get into this weird fight. Suddenly she's storming off. Now, this happened so abruptly that I wonder if it all happened kind of after the whole rose ceremony. Or not Not that they had a rose ceremony, but like after everything's sort of finished. Like it kind of feels oh, like. Oh, okay. Because like she didn't say goodbye to Lockie or anything, which makes. The fact yes. that we didn't get any reaction from Lockie. Lockie make me think that Lockie wasn't actually there. Right. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. There's no reason not to cut to Lockie or have Lockie chase after her and try and convince her not to leave. And or then she does. even get a talking head of him recorded the next morning. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. It was just conspicuous by its absence. Yeah, I mean, he did like the little monologue when he was staring into water later. Oh, but, that's right. But basically, it comes <laughs> down to her grabbing her luggage, still in the dress, storming out, and then kind of says, fuck off, Juliet, you're such a skank, which I did not like, and like, oh, I'm just over it, I'm over it. So clearly this was like a deeply toxic relationship that I would have been interested in actually <laughs> seeing. Like, I I mean, I get like if the cameras weren't there, the cameras weren't there. But like it feels like something else tipped her over the edge and they just cut that little comment together to make her seem like it was just like a tiny little thing that mm. made her leave. Mm. But I don't know. I feel in my heart that Juliet did something more. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think the evidence before our eyes was pretty damning for Juliet. I mean, I at least the way I saw it, she was kind of, you know, she's been kind of bullying um, Roxy, I, th mm. I think, you know. Yeah. She's, she's certainly, the, you know, the first lockdown episode was the one where she just kind of kept on and on and on and mm. Roxy ended up shutting the, the MacBook. Okay, so then we cut to ad break have this weird thing where we end an episode on a single date again, which I just dislike. We go whitewater rafting. Oh, we, first of all, we've got girls making Starbucks coffee and an espresso Oh, that's machine. right. Oh, yes. Can oh, I have an almond latte? latte. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway, so we've got Lockie sort of uh, staring out over yeah, water. Which yeah, we cut to. It's yeah. such a trope that even Osher is tweeting about it, <laughs> having right. a sort of bachelor think about it, things right. over water. Right. Um, and then they go whitewater rafting in seemingly a man-made yes, whitewater in, rafting In Penrith, circuit. we learned. Yes, oh. that's what it was. Yes. I didn't, I don't, I don't, like, has technology gone too far? Oh, maybe, yeah. That sort of feels like a, 
end stage late capitalist Lorax Sneed factory moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort of go to a river. <laughs> well, they're too dangerous. Uh, so we got back. And then Lockie's- Now, Becca has to admit she's only been whitewater rafting. No, she. so Lockie said, oh, have you been whitewater rafting before? Yeah. And she said, yeah. <laughs> and he, oh, what, just the once? Yeah. And then she had to admit, yes, just the once. <laughs> I love it how nonplussed she was. This is where I started to turn around on Beck, actually. Um, and so they, oh, if you go around a corner, it can be quite dangerous. Oh, high state. Stop. Taking women on dates where they might die. Like, that's not a selling point. Yeah, it's not showing your caring <laughs> side. Oh, my God. So, she, they go around. He's, like, ridiculously impressed that she can whitewater raft, which is just, like, stay in a boat. He's like, oh, this isn't easy. She's doing well. I'm like, okay, we get it. You like it. Like, you're looking for reasons to like it. She virtually throws herself overboard. <laughs> just for something to do. Well, it, it looked pretty set up that when she kind of got swept out of the boat, mm. I, I sort of didn't, couldn't <laughs> say I was quite convinced by it. But anyway, he then sort of seeming like five minutes later dips, his, <laughs> dips a hand into the river and pulls her out by the scruff of the neck and and and, and uh, into a sort of embrace there yeah. in, the, in the boat. Meanwhile, they're still hurtling down these <laughs> rapids towards more more white water, but they have a smooch. They have their first smooch, do they? Or, oh, uh, who, who cares? I can't even remember. Yeah. I think I was sort of tweeting about you foods at this point. Yeah, they seem to be get, shot after shot after shot of them smooching as the boat <laughs> goes hurtling down rapids. It's like something out of the African Queen or something. Oh, and then they go sit in um, what has to be the sexiest room ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of candles and sort of fur rugs on a room. A fully functioning babe lair. Yeah. It's kind of, this sort of weird, like, 80s kind of lodge sex dungeon. With, with, with a, a spotlit bottle of Gordon's pink gin. <laughs> yeah, which I have to say did. Well, I had already drunk a G&T at this episode and it made me want another. So successful yep. advertising. Mm. Um Although I have an Aldi Nespresso machine, not the proper one that the Starbucks pods fit ah, in. Okay, well, perhaps, yeah. perhaps the Bachelor people are listening and they might be able to s- s- sort of fix you, hook you up with I, it. <laughs> I will die before I eat a you foods. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. And then Lockie goes, oh, wasn't it funny when I um, saved your life? <laughs> and she says, <laughs> oh, I was just going to make my way towards the surface. She's like, oh, I actually kind of knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I love just sort of being like, nah. <laughs> and then, but then they're sort of talking about, oh, it's my pet peeve when you sleep, when people sleep with the TV on, oh, you'll have to put in headphones. Like having real sort of relationship conversations about like. Yeah, about 10 years from now kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and yet still somehow making that seem interminable and really boring. <laughs> Yeah, I th- that was that thing where it's like I do not care about a single thing that comes out of her mouth, but I also like the her. fact that she doesn't give a shit about him. Yeah, she's just like, but she does. That's yeah, the thing where yeah. she's like, I really feel a connection with this guy, and I'm like, do because <sighs> your voice and your eyes aren't saying that. <laughs> and then that's just like, how did it the end? The end of the episode. That just oh yeah, it was just the next time on. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm worried I might go through heartbreak. As if he's the oh, one going to oh, be heartbroken in this scenario. Yeah, no, he's sort of resigning himself. He's, uh, you know, it's, you know, oh, well, it's it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, even if it's, you know, even though it's going to cause heartbreak, narrow this down. I read that conversation as I'm going to dump Bella and it's going to suck. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 
But then we get the, the, the promo for next week and it's all sorts oh, of drama with Bella. Bella and... drama. Well, we haven't got Roxy to cause the drama anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, we've gone into this Bella drama. I'm, I'm excited to see it. That promo actually hooked me in and got me. Oh, yeah. It, it looked like something big and, and, and kind of uh, high stakes was going to happen. And I, and it gave me hope because uh, maybe just just through sort of persistence and, <laughs> and, and steadfastness, my favourite now, Maddie, is going <laughs> to make it through and get that gold cup. Oh, my God. Team Maddie all yeah, the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Everyone else that we like to Actually, I'm right. Yeah, so I was going to say she's the only nice one left, but Izzy, both Izzy and Steph are really nice, but I find Maddie a bit cluier or a bit of an older soul than either of those two. So, <laughs> Look, you're, this is not the opinion I expected you to take out of this episode, but I'm delighted that we arrived here. Look, I'm, I'm, cl- I'm grabbing any any, <laughs> any sort of thing that I can grasp as, as I'm being swept down those whitewater rapids of The Bachelor. Very true. Yeah, we're sort of in for the ride at this point, aren't we? In for the long haul, yep. <laughs> All right, you can find me at Matilda Bosley on Twitter. Where can they find you, Dad? Oh, uh, you can find me by whistling loudly and shouting out my name. <laughs> a foolproof method. Oh, well, have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. If you want more fatherly content, you can follow us on Instagram at mydadbatchpod or shoot us an email at mydadbatchpod at gmail.com. This week's episode was produced by myself and Anthony Furchie. Music is by Latch Swing and Tri Track Young. And the cover art is by my wonderful sister, Perrin Bosley. Have a good one and stay safe.